Hello and welcome to our daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, Twitter plans to charge money for creating new accounts. Very strange announcement from X, also known as Twitter. Starting today, we're testing a new program, not a bot, in New Zealand and the Philippines. New unverified accounts will be required to sign up for a $1 annual subscription to be able to post and interact with other posts. Within this test, existing users are not affected. This new test was developed to bolster our already successful efforts to reduce spam, manipulation of our platform and bot activity, while balancing platform accessibility with a small fee amounts. It is not a profit driver. Yeah, fuck off bullshit. And so far, subscription options have proven to be the main solution that works at scale. More details, help.twitter.com. What, what is this twitter.com? Why is, why is this X account pointing to Twitter? Why does it say Twitter in, in the top up here? I, but this is X. From a basic user perspective, there has not been a reduction in spam or bots. Get, get out of here, but whatever. So anytime you put a barrier to entry on anything, it will always make it harder and, and, and make it so that less people uh, adopt or do that thing, right? It's as we all talk about all the time. For the average person, the annoyance of having to sign up with additional identification and credit card details and stuff to pay a dollar, um, that's a pretty, pretty significant barrier. But if you're a bot that makes some sort of money by engaging with Twitter, ultimately then it just becomes a question of, do I get a return on my investment of a dollar when making my boss? Does your bot make at least a dollar? If so, then it's worth spending a dollar to make that account. So users make no money on Twitter, bots potentially do. And so it's just a an issue of judging the finances for those who with, with bots. But for the average user, it's like, I don't wanna pay a fucking dollar, this is a pain in the ass. And so you just have less people picking up the platform, right? And certainly in a case where you're a person who makes bots in New Zealand and the Philippines, you would just VPN yourself somewhere else or have accounts made in some other country and use them there. I'm not sure how this testing program could possibly reduce bots because anyone who wants to make a bot on Twitter and receives money from that can of course just avoid making accounts in these regions. So I'm not sure what this test could ultimately show. It should only impede those who are positive users who aren't making bots from making accounts. It's a test? Yeah, but I'm saying the methodology of the test doesn't make any sense. Twitter isn't very popular in the Philippines, so it's a very bad country to test with. I'm assuming they picked two small countries for the test for that reason. They didn't want to affect their user base too much. Like, I don't understand. Shouldn't it be possible to, like, use algorithms to detect bot activity? Wouldn't it be the case that bots interact with the platform in a very different way from a normal user? And so you could just look at usage patterns on accounts and find those that do things that are outside the norm of humans to at least get checked by uh, humans in the system. But do you want to spend CPU power on it? I, I, I guess there must be costs involved in that. And certainly the platform is hemorrhaging money, so. Could it be that these bot farms are making so little money that a dollar would actually impede them? It just seems to be fairly silly. I mean, it is one good way to get additional money from those who make bot farms. Although with that being said, one thing that this could do is people now, may now see Twitter accounts as a resource. So there could be people who are not New Zealand Philippines right now who will sign up en masse for many, 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 many accounts. Let's say potentially millions of accounts and then hoard them and then sell them should this ever be pushed out to everyone where any new account has to pay a dollar. And so you could say, you could sell a thousand accounts for 10 bucks. I'm not sure if that would be worth it to anyone, but it is technically an avenue that you could take to make some money if this ever went far. So basically, don't agree that this is going to help anything and seems dumb. An alleged description of GTA 6's upcoming trailer has been leaked. 
Apparently, someone posts to gaming leaks and rumors on Reddit a description of the GTA 6 trailer. My wife works in a position where she's able to see the trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto. I won't say more than that as to protect her own job working with Rockstar, but I would like to try and provide some kind of proof to the mods. And I will say upfront that I have not seen the trailer with my own eyes. With that said, she was able to watch the trailer earlier this week and this is what she described to me. It says down here, edit just gave proof to the mods. And this is why it hasn't been taken down. Trailer is due out next week, believe it or not right now, but save the post because this is what you'll be seeing in a few days. I'll update if my wife remembers anything more specific. I mean, sounds kind of dumb. Trailer opens without any music, just the sound of bugs and crickets and other nature on a shot of a gator in what looks like the Everglades. Looks very reminiscent of Red Dead Redemption 2 with a plane flying over the gator. Gator dives underwater before it cuts. Rockstar Studios Presents comes up as the trailer's song starts. Song is That's All by Genesis. It's a good song. Shots of Vice City's nightlife, glamorous cars and nightclubs. Bouncer tosses someone out of a club. Guy gets back up and yells at the bouncer while his buddies usher him away. Fat man in a Hawaiian shirt lounging by a pool, fanning himself. Wife says the guy is really sweaty. Jason and Lucia driving past the beach in a convertible. Looked like somebody surfing or boogie boarding. Quick shot of fans with their faces painted, cheering in a football stadium. Lucia riding a horse next to a highway. Police helicopter behind her. Jason wearing a tank top with either a joint or a cigarette, sitting in a four-wheeler. Jason and Lucia in a shitty motel pointing guns at one another, then cut to the two of them on a roller coaster together. Theme park mascot of a flamingo getting punched in the gut by a guy in a hat. Jason and Lucia holding up a convenience store, clerk slowly reaching for a gun behind the counter. A lot of fast action shots. She remembers seeing a cop car hit a barricade and a cop flying out of the windshield. Jason and Lucia walking past some prostitutes and into a shady looking nightclub. Jason on a jet ski, a dude with long hair skateboarding in a skate park. Jason selling drugs. Lucia yelling at someone, then bashing their head onto a railing. Wife said it reminded her of Yakuza Heat action. Some teens recording another teen doing a silly dance and then falling over. A man being thrown off an airboat. Someone casting a fishing rod. Money raining down on people dancing in a packed club. Jason and Lucia being cover, being behind cover in a shootout at what looks like the Kennedy Space Center, part of a rocket in the background. Jason, this is crazy. What are you willing to lose? Lucia, we've been through enough. We don't have anything to lose. Final shot of the beach. Boat goes past the camera. Grand Theft Auto 6. Sounds great. I was sure to mention this to Rockstar when I'm uh, at the office next time recording voice lines, you know, as I am a voice actor for GTA 6, obviously. Uh, this kind of stuff is uh, wrong to leak out to the public, you know. I'm sure this guy's wife is going to be hearing from Rockstar's lawyers. I mean, I guess we'll see, guys, if this ends up being a description of the trailer. I have to beat up TGG for lying to us all. So TGG released a video talking about how there's some evidence that there's going to be a trailer for GTA 6 in October. Currently, I'm saying this October 20th. The current suspicion is October 26th. But I guess by the time this comes out in the Ramble channel, you will know whether that actually happens. But I tweeted out GTA 6 trailer this month. Nice, finally. I didn't quote TGG. I probably should have. But uh, Marcus did under me, <laughs> source TG. So if it doesn't happen, everyone knows who to blame. It's not my fault. God damn. Like, even if the trailer comes out, it'll still be like a year or two before the game releases. Given the reports that they've done where they say they're going to be making a bunch of money in fiscal year 2024, and usually they announce games a year before they release, even if like Red Dead 2 and GT5 were both delayed a year, and so that may not seem like it, it, it's a year, but it is a year. They announce a year before the planned release date. That should mean that GTA 6, the trailer should come sometime soon. See what happens. 
So TGG released a video seven days ago titled, so apparently we are getting a GCXX trailer in October, where he went down the list of things that suggest that in October we're getting a trailer for GTA 6. One of the key days that he pointed to, at least in tweets, jokingly, was October 24th. And a lot of people were hyped because Rockstar hadn't tweeted anything for quite a while. They hadn't pinned any tweets and all that jazz. And so we're like, oh, we're gonna get it. And then they just now tweeted like a link to a newswire from like three weeks ago or something. Yeah, so th there's a newswire from October 3rd. And they're like, hey, remember we, we did a newswire about something invented online like three weeks ago. Isn't that interesting? The massive trolls. It was like, oh, October 24th, but we're getting the trailer. And Rockstar's like, nope, nope. So I responded, Rockstar, this GTA 6 trailer has surprisingly little information about GTA 6 in it. Funny. Previously I tweeted, don't worry guys, if the GTA 6 trailer doesn't release today, October 24th, I will go beat up TG for lying to us. And TG responds, is this guy seriously questioning my sources? His source, my ass. Actually, here it says October 24th, uh, 26th, so he's still got a chance. Here, October 17th, October 24th, the GTA 6 trailer is coming. Source, I'm mentally ill. And so I responded, TG right now. I've even got some fools in our own bureau that are questioning my methods. <laughs> Think I'm a liar, <laughs> a cheater, some kind of a killer and a thief. Lol. In which TG responded, eat my sauce, Matt. And so that ends the saga of the GTA 6 trailer coming out on 24th. Maybe the 26th though. Maybe the 26th. There's still a few days left in October, guys. We, we, can, we can get this trailer. XQC has wagered over $2 billion on stake. I saw this on Twitter and a lot of people didn't understand it. Just in, XQC has wagered a total of $2,144,168,133 on stake. Total bets, 872,000. Number of wins, 86,000. Number of losses, 773,000. And then the wagered amount. So like, is a win rate of like 10%. Now when it says wagered, that doesn't mean he has stuck $2 billion into it. It means like, if you bet $5, win $5, and then bet again, that's, you know, $10. So like, it's it's repeatedly putting in the same money over and over and over again. And the reason why he's only won 10% of the time is because he had to play slots. You know, if, if you've ever seen someone play slots, it's like nothing, 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 nothing. Oh, I got something. Nothing, 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 you know. But my question to this was, I get it's an addiction, but what's he trying to achieve with betting so much? Nothing he could win would improve or change his life, so why would it thrill him? I play online poker tournaments with fake money because winning the game is fun. Real money literally improves that. Like, surely to some degree, the fun of gambling is the risk involved. Like, you might get something of value or not. But if you've got $100 million, what's the point? Would you still get that thrill? Or is he just going to continuously jack up his gambling bet until he's betting like a multiple million dollars a hand and until he loses it all? Isn't he paid to gamble? I don't think that it's fake money necessarily. Or at the very least, if it is and it's not disclosed, that seems like a huge matter of, reli of liability, right? Regardless, it just seems incredibly stupid, but that's addiction for you. YouTube made a baffling tweet in the midst of Sniper Wolf's controversy. People obviously out for Sniper Wolf right now and think she should get banned in some capacity and or at least YouTube should say something on this issue. And then all of a sudden YouTube did tweet something out from YouTube. Would it be too meta to do a reaction video to a reaction video? 
People being like, YouTube, make some statement about Snipe Wolf doxing Jacks films, and they make no fucking statement, but they tweet this out? I mean, like, fucking come on. The community post is, for additional context, it needs to be known that this tweet was written in the wake of a controversy regarding a reaction YouTuber, so this is Snipe Wolf, who recently leaked the personal information of a fellow creator on the platform, Jacks films. I do not agree with calling reactors fellow creators. Reactors are not creators, they do not create shit. Content curation is not creation. My statement to this was, the audacity of whoever runs this account. I almost made one of those jokes, what the, the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch, but didn't feel like it fit, even though I do like that meme. My GTA 5 lore video on Trevor has one glaring mistake. So in my most recent GTA 5 lore video on Trevor, there was actually one thing I missed that was pointed out by a commenter. In this section, I talk about why Trevor is in Sandy Shores. Secondly, I think it would make sense for Trevor to have ended up in Sandy Shores if in the game Brad was supposedly being held in the prison there. I don't think it's stated explicitly in the game that Trevor believes that Brad is in the prison near Los Santos, but I think it would make sense. Although of course it's a video game, so he just needed to be around somewhere where Michael was, but you know. I cannot believe I forgot, but while Trevor doesn't explicitly say that he believes Brad is in the prison, he does implicitly say it. So I said here, Trevor Campbell, 9294, pointed out that on surveying the score, when Trevor is warned by Lester to not fly low over the prison, as it would trigger an alarm, Trevor says, yeah, wouldn't want to get them jumpy before the breakout. He prior to that discusses breaking out Brad. So he doesn't explicitly say it, but it is implied by the combination of two parts that Trevor knew that Brad was in the prison. So he's asking, he's saying Lester, hey, we need to bust Brad out of the clink. And then later on, moments later, they're flying over the prison and Trevor's like, yeah, we wouldn't want them jumpy before the breakout. Connecting those two things together, obviously he thinks Brad is in that particular prison. So I, I guess while I was answering the questions, that was in my mind somewhere that Brad is in that prison, but I just couldn't remember why. Bothersome. Michael from GTA 5 is shockingly not a good person. So there's this dude called It's Just Dubs who ats me on Twitter like every couple of days or something and says something really stupid in an attempt to bait me into responding. And I occasionally do respond because it's usually good for engagement and we get some laughs out of it. So he tweeted this out. It's amazing how even after 10 years of playing GTA 5, Dark Viper still doesn't understand the story. Dude wants Michael to be a hero so badly. Skullface. And so I said to this, lol, this is insane bait. I spent 50 minutes explaining that Michael is a cheating, traitorous murderer and thief. I directly called him a fucked up bad guy. Sure, the video doesn't spend time saying, kids, did you know murder is wrong? But who on earth would he be a hero to? Michael has grown on me over the years and has always been the best of the three. The three main characters. But the point of GTA is that the main characters are obviously not good people. They are meant to be interesting people with their own reasons for doing what they do, not paragons of morality. And that's just my statement on that. Like obviously Michael's a bad guy and there's nothing in my video that suggests he's not a bad guy. It's more explaining why he's doing the things he's doing. If you like the Joker and think he's a cool character in Batman, it doesn't necessarily think mean you think he's a hero or that um that he's a good guy. My anti-react videos are far from over. So this is something I've expressed in other places, but I decided to tweet out about it. Fixing a problem can require continuously speaking on it to change minds. It's either stupidity or hidden disagreement that inspires insults towards those who repeatedly address an unsolved problem. This applies to any issue, but it's currently relevant to Jack's films and myself. I've long planned to release more videos in my anti-react series. I've had at least three plans since June. Sadly, my poor health and, in and the insurmountable nature of the issue has left me slow to complete them. Thankfully, the originals still get 100k views a month and recently topped 7 million views. Yeah, it's just weird. Whereas like people reference my series as if it has too many videos in it. I'm like, what was the issue solved? Have things changed? 
should I stop speaking about a problem that I want solved, even though the problem is not solved? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. As I say, it's just born either from stupidity or people just not agreeing with me, so they want me to stop speaking. I still get comments, though, from people who are like, I don't think you've considered this, Mr. Dark Viper. I just want to respond, like, every time, like, motherfucker, this. there's, like, eight hours of content, like, 200-something pages. Do you really think that there's just some passing thought you've had that I have not considered dwelling on this issue, like, every single day for fucking years? Really? Really? You, random person in the world, had passing thought? They don't fucking care. <laughs> this new ring may be able to keep track of my health. I can't what the hell this thing is called, but I am getting myself a ring that can, like, track health data or something. I had the bed before that was meant to track my sleep. Didn't work very well, and so I looked up alternatives, and people were like, are oh, these ring things? They're apparently not bullshit. I think, I think it's Aura, yeah. And so I bought it, and I'm always concerned about buying rings because yeah, I don't know the size of my fingers and stuff. And if it's off ever so slightly, you're kind of screwed. But they send you this. And then you like wear whichever one is appropriate for 24 hours. And you, you see if it fits the whole day. And then you like order based on the sizing chart, which is pretty cool. It makes it take longer to get, of course. But I will report back and tell you how good it ends up being. The reports are somewhat inconsistent. But I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on like how much you wear it how close it is to your skin. I mean, how much can they really tell about your health just by what the blood flow in your finger, you know? I guess I'm gonna find out. But yeah, that's why I'm wearing this on my finger. It's not the real one, it's just a fake one. And we'll see how that goes. Like, honestly, I prefer to wear rings on like other fingers, but they say on this finger is the best one. You, you can wear it on other ones, but they say this one has the best performance. Answering your most interesting questions. When it comes to the subject of no commentary playthroughs, 100% completion stuff, to clarify, it isn't like a guide of getting 100% completion. I mean, full on just pure unedited gameplay. Do you think that would be taking away from the enjoyment of playing the game itself? Since the entire game with everything that it has to offer will be in one video slash series. This question could have gone in a lot of different ways, but there's asking specifically about the enjoyment of the person watching was an interesting angle on this. I would assume it would take away from enjoyment. I don't think people who watch those videos are people who are interested in playing the game necessarily. Again, the effect that this has on the ecosystem of YouTube and stuff and other creators and blah, blah, that's, that's stuff we talk about with React content. But just speaking about the enjoyment, I would imagine people who watch that stuff are probably people who can't afford the game or just don't want to play it. Like there are some games where the gameplay is indistinguishable from a video of it, like walking simulators. There are also games where the gameplay is annoying if you don't know what you're doing, but the story could be interesting and you could have heard about the story and just want to watch someone play through it to get that story experience. Again, I would argue none of this is good for the devs, the people who made it. Like I don't think the devs should allow for just unedited, no commentary playthroughs to exist on YouTube, but I can understand why they wouldn't want to take them down because they'd be worried about some backlash. And again, what percentage of those people would have bought the game anyway is debatable, but I like I do think it would take away from the enjoyment of playing the game itself, but I don't think people who watch those have an interest in playing the game. Or they've already played the game and like want to go back to a particular point that they missed or like or that is in the game but they can't get back there themselves in the in the game like want to watch a cutscene again or like in my case I go to 100% playthroughs on on YouTube sometimes if I want to get some different footage that I don't have very rare these days but or if I like I, I've wanted to get like a, a, a still from a particular cutscene in a different game and I've looked up these videos and stuff um they're useful to have for from a content creator perspective but uh yeah as I say would definitely detract from playing the game yourself and I don't think they really should exist in terms of um like benefiting the people who actually make the games. Because I'm on the book saying not all gaming content is necessarily creative stuff and not all gaming content is necessarily good for the ecosystem of those who actually sell the games. I just think most of it probably is.
Most of it for most games. Different types of games benefit more or less from YouTube content based on it. What is your opinion on React content that is not a single video from a single source, like reacting to content on specific subreddits that are not related to the reactor in any way? Like take Jacksepticeye as an example. I love his videos where he reacts to perfectly cut streams subreddit, actually mostly because of his reactions. The videos are fun too, but Sean is a genuine guy and adds to the humor of those videos. That you've been understandably going against, which is why I'd like to know your take on it. So anytime you react to something that is not in of itself an already edited, fully fledged video, you have to actually put work into making something. So if you reacted to a compilation of the best of Reddit, that's gonna be far easier than if you had to, I don't know, go to Reddit and like go through a like hundred posts and find the best stuff there. There's a difference to me in reacting to an already completed creative work versus a hodgepodge of random stuff that people have posted to Reddit or Twitter or, or what have you, where they've posted without any specific goal to be creators themselves or to monetize it, to survive or anything like that. They are just people throwing out stuff so that people have a bit of fun. But obviously, again, it's all still shit. I don't think people should be spending a lot of time looking at the top posts on a subreddit. It just seems dumb, but it is not as egregious to me as, you know, throwing out multiple React videos today, uh, a day to YouTube videos. At the end of the day, if you ever want to know my opinion on whether something is more or less egregious, just think to yourself, how much work is the person who's, who's reacting putting in versus the material that they're reacting to? How much effort was put into making that original thing? And on the Reddit, it's like, oh, that's just a random meme or some shit, you know? Still don't like it. I still think it's pretty garbage. It's why I limit my own sort of reacting to my own material on my own subreddit. It is not something I'm throwing up my arms and hating. In the same way that you don't see me often complaining about uh, compilations of clips and stuff. I I think all this is still pretty bad, and but it's just on a different level to, oh, that guy spent six months making YouTube video? Hell yeah, man, gonna, gonna feast well tonight, gonna sit and watch that whole thing and re-upload it to my, uh, to my YouTube channel in, in an hour. Let's go. What future implementations do you believe that Twitch, YouTube, and any other future streaming content creation based platform could integrate to equalize the playing field between actual content creators versus reactors? It ultimately depends on why reactors do so well in this ecosystem to begin with. There's multiple different explanations that would take too long to go into, but ultimately I always thought that the best method, as unlikely as it is, is that enough creators would realize that they are ultimately disadvantaged by having to compete with these content farms, these reactors, in to get the limited eyeballs, the limited exposure that these platforms give. Funneling native exposure to these content farms does nothing but make everyone's lives harder because you have to then compete with those content farms. But outside of that, it could ultimately just be solved with the algorithm. I mean, they could just like tomorrow be like any title with React in it, dead. Of course, people would eventually realize that and stop putting React in their title and, and, and all that jazz. Th th there are methods they could do algorithmically. Or they could say to an algorithm like, A, if the channel uploads more than two videos a day, this is clearly some sort of content farm. Just don't give as much attention to those later videos, that sort of stuff. Will they do that? I don't think so. It's also a bit hard because there are channels that aren't just reacting to stuff. As I've said before, the method to bring forth the most success on YouTube is making high effort, amazing videos and a lot of littler projects as well to pad out between your larger projects. So you get notice, you get some level of popularity based on your very big works and then you use that to build up and, and get some extra views and stuff on your smaller works, right? In the same way that I have done, like you can see on my channel, there's like huge big productions and then there's just like chaos in between and all like on my Viper Rambles channel now when I'm doing the commentary stuff there. And so what would happen to those guys? Like you wouldn't want to disadvantage their entire channel or something, but at the same time, like they are reactors at the end of the day, so fuck them. <laughs>
Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button if you like breathing. People like breathing, you probably like breathing, so hit them, please. Thank you.